In case you're brand new here, this is Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris, and I am the Stacey Harris, lead strategist, trainer, and of course, CEO of Uncommonly More. This show is all about building a strategy that supports you when it comes to your digital marketing, getting the support of knowing what's happening right now in digital marketing and not what was happening five months ago or eight months ago or eight years ago, because guess what? It changes all the time, but that's okay. That's why you have me. So I'm really excited to get started with the show. I hope you're excited too. I say we stop with this silly intro stuff and we just get started. Are you in? Let's go. All right, everybody. I am joined by Nicole now, who I told you about already, but I'm recording this before I actually record her intro. So there's always that weird moment of like, I'm not going to do it again, but there it was. I brought Nicole on today because I want to talk. I want to normalize some things. Let's do it. And you guys hear me talk a lot about this stuff, but it's easy to be like, oh, well, Stacey, you're a marketing person. Blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. It's the same for everybody. <laughs> we are not all special unicorns of magic and wonder. We're all sort of feeling the same thing. So Nicole, welcome. Thank you for having me. I adore you. So I'm very excited that you're finally on the podcast. I adore you too. Nicole and I met about a year ago. And we became fast friends. Fun fact, we have the exact same wedding anniversary. (laughs) Same one. Which I find endlessly hilarious. Like, what are the chances? What are the chances? Do the day, Um, the year. That like, yeah, like to the exact, like to the moment. Like we were literally getting married at the same time. (laughs) It's magical. I'm like, what are the chances of that, guys? What are the chances that a really good friend you meet? How long have we been married? 11 years? (laughs) 11 yes, years after you we've got all married. been married 11 years. It's hard to remember sometimes. It's like you're um, eight. Did I you tell you the, the other day, somebody asked me how old I was and like 19 popped out of my mouth. And I was like, that's a lie. That's not true at all. But I mean, I think that says a lot about where your spirit is. And that's really what matters. It's apparently not yet old enough to drink because I was <laughs> totally not drinking at 19 because it's illegal. Anyway, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about, I want to sort of take us back. When everyone is hearing this, it is February, but I want to take us back to October and November of last year when you decided to do something that had been in the someday column for quite a while of Mm -hmm. launching a program Mm -hmm. and sort of walk us through what you launched and why it was time. And let's start there. Okay. So... I'm a personal stylist for 10 years. This So in 2020, maybe 10 years. And I had been wanting to launch an online program to focus on how to use your clothes as a tool for building your personal brand more on a day-to-day basis. So I feel like this was something we talked about a lot for photo shoots, so we can see evidence of that. But there isn't sort of a day-to-day conversation around that. And I think that it's a very powerful way for women to use their clothes as a tool to build a business because it reminds them of where they're going. So I had had this on my mind for probably about two or three years. I knew that a course was in my future, but I didn't know when. And then I just decided there's never a good time. There really isn't. There really isn't. (laughs) There just isn't. And also shopping online has become such a major part of my work with one-on-one clients that it was like, well, this was where everything was going anyways, right? This online shopping experience. In the next 10 years, I don't even know if there will be stores. And so like malls are shutting down every day. And so I really wanted to help people do this better. So that was the impetus behind it. And one of the things that had held me 
back from it that I don't know if I was fully aware of, and I think I had a lot of stories to justify it in a different way, was having to, if you do an online course, you have to market online. And it was a very, it's a very different client than my current client. So I built a business with a very high-end one-to-one service, and that was very effective for me. But you can only go so far with that because I'm only one person. And I think a, a lot of people listening to this can relate. Totally. I also felt as well the message that I had like needed to go a little bit broader. And so I could only get so many people in Boston. So that meant that I had to show up online and I had to market myself online. Specifically, I knew that Instagram stories would be the most effective and newsletter. I didn't have a lot of engagement through Facebook for a variety of reasons. And I hadn't really cultivated that audience the way I had cultivated Instagram. And people were asking me on Instagram, well, do you have anything virtual? Do you have a course? And finally, it was like, okay, fine, I'm going to do this. So in November, I just decided that we're I'm launching it. And that sort of was the decision. I decided to make it a small group for the first round. So there'll be 13 women in it. And it will be you know, a workshop style with me live in it. So I wanted to sort of test the first round. And I think you did a couple of things really smart here. And the fact that you didn't decide I'm going to launch this and we're going to put 500 people in it. And that means I need an audience of like a hundred thousand people. You went, let's see how this works. Let's see how I like this. And you very early like went into it with a capped number of how many people you were going to put in. And I think that's so, so important because so often people think of online courses and the scale thing as like, great, I need to put a hundred or 500 or a thousand people through this program partially because you're pricing it really poorly, but also like that needs a certain audience. And so they'll stop themselves from putting together a program like this because they don't have that audience size. But here's the thing. If you start (laughs) with a smaller program, which is much easier to run the first time and you test it, you don't actually need a massive audience to sell it to. That and, and we'll talk about this in a second, I think, but one of the things that was fascinating is by marketing the course, I grew my audience. It was very counterintuitive to exactly what you're saying, but I never would have guessed this a couple of years ago. In part, I had this knowledge because I was with you. I, I met you. I had this. Because I, I say this a lot. <laughs> the best way to grow an audience is to sell something to them. Absolutely. And I had no idea about that, right? Because I also am someone that doesn't love sales. So two things had to happen for me to get to this point that I think are worth noting because it wasn't a comfortable thing to sell online for me. I had to use the word educate instead of sell. One of my brand core values is I show up in the world to educate women how to show up more fully using their clothes. But And if I'm educating people, then I'm not selling to them. You either want it or you don't. You're This is either a tool that's going to help you right now or it's not. And it's not personal. That's fine if it's not. So that had to happen. That had to become a mental shift. And in order to have the mental shift, I had to look at my what my core business values were. So that had to happen. And then the second part was that I had to really figure out why this was so terrifying to me. <laughs> right? That's like, a great was, point. Like, why was what was the worst thing that was going to happen if I showed up online and nobody bought this course? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Because one of the strategies to keeping it small was I still have my private clients. I still, I mean, it wasn't like I was ditching everything to have an online course. An online course is one portion of the business, which I think will grow in the future. And if it doesn't, I didn't have all my eggs in one basket, which is why I didn't feel as though I needed 
500 people or like, I don't have a big email list. And when I started the marketing of this course, I only had 1200 followers. I think I'm up to like 17 or 18 now on Instagram, which is not huge, but it, it sold in like eight days. And I think you made a couple of really good points that I want to touch on there was a, let's start with doing this grew your overall audience. And that's why I love a test launch, because if you decide you want to run this again next summer, but this time you want to put 20 or 50 people in it, you have all the momentum and energy because you started educating them with that first test. So not only did you collect data, but anytime you're in a launch mode of anything, a program, a podcast, a new opt-in, a speaking, an event, whatever, a book, whatever the thing is, you're energetically focused on sending them a consistent message. And guess what a consistent strategic message does? It grows an audience. Now, the great thing is, is if you build a strategy and you have a strategy for your marketing, you do that all the time. But for a lot of people, putting a launch in place is a really great way to force themselves to do that, to show up consistently. So I love that. And I love that it grew your audience. One of the things that I want us to touch on is not only did it grow your audience and not only did it sell this program in eight days, but it also helped you close some of those one-to-one clients who'd been in like a holding pattern, right? So one of the interesting things from doing backstage live with you was you'd said on that, in that workshop, you said, oh, you know, you guys, if you sell one thing, you sell all the things. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. that I didn't agree with you. It's that I had no experience of this because all I had was one thing to sell, right? So if you only have one thing to sell, you can't actually, you can intellectually get it, but you can't get it. So when I launched this course, it's a very different client. It's a very different person to some degree. And so I found that what I didn't expect was by showing up every day and talking about this course, which was far more work for the person doing it, right? So by one-to-one client, I'm doing most of the work. It's different energetically. Right. I thought that you know they would be like, okay, that's not for me and skip past it. But what ended up happening was people started reaching out. Hey, your course sounds great. I know that this is not the right fit for me, but I'd love to talk to you about I love what you're saying. I love the message. I love the energy you're bringing to this. How can I work with you? So that, it, again, what you had, you had said that would happen and I had no frame of reference. And I just want to tell people that are wondering about that or are worried to sell a lower price thing that it's going to alienate a higher end client. My one-to-one services are quite expensive. There's a thousands of dollar gap between this course that I sold and my one-to-one. It wasn't a problem at all. And that's that's one of the things that I think is really easy to be like, no, that's not true. Is when I do say, when you sell one thing, you sell everything. Because again, I come back to the same thing that grows your audience. It is a consistent, targeted message around the value you provide. You're highlighting why you're awesome. And clients are smarter than we give them credit for. They will self-select into the thing that fits them. Or, and this is something that happens a lot when we launched Backstage Live VIP, which is open again for Q2. We got on conversations with people and we were like, actually, this offering is better for you. Actually done for you. Or or like, let's do a VIP day and we'll do it with you in one day and it'll be just you. Like, We found the right offering for them, but I was only forward-facing selling one thing because we're all of our offerings are generally, not uniformly for everybody, but generally you're selling the same end result. No matter what you buy from us, you're buying a strategy, whether you DIY it with backstage or we do it for you 
with done for you agency services, or you're somewhere in the middle with a backstage live or a VIP day or, or a whatever, it's the same end result. And that's true for you too. You're selling using your clothes as a tool towards whatever end result you're looking for. I know you work with a lot of clients who are doing a lot of media stuff or speaking, whatever their end result is, it's a tool. It's part of their work in the world. Mm -hmm. And so remember that as you guys go into launching, whatever the thing is, selling one thing sells all the things. It grows your audience. It does It's magic. This is why I don't, I don't like the people don't want to launch. I'm like, it's so good for your business. That and I think too, if you are nervous about launching, what would make you less nervous? So it's not mm-hmm. a you get to skip the discomfort entirely. That's called being an adult with a business. You can't do that. <laughs> it but is a job. It is a job, right? It is something you have to do. I had to show up for I think it was eleven days. My plan was twelve. I think I only had to show up for eleven because by that point it was done. That I didn't want to. Some days. I didn't want to do that at all. It was not comfortable. I don't just grab my phone and get on Instagram stories every day. So now I do it once a week. Now I do it once a week because, but I was doing it every day then, right? And by doing it every day, getting on once a week is not a big deal. And so what I think is important to remember is that even if I never sold anything, if I never sold, what I was actually selling was people's experience of me and talking how I talk about this. There are lots of marketers in the world. There are lots of stylists in the world. What people are buying is your angle on it and who you are and how you present it, the lens through which you present it. And that's what this was an opportunity for me to do. And it was an opportunity for other people to say, is that the right lens for me versus are you buying what I'm selling? Because that's not, that's hard to get motivated to do, I think. And that's why I love that you shifted your language around selling to educating. Like, The idea that you're just going to show up and provide value and then tell them what the next step is. If you want more of this, here's how you get it. That's all sales is. And it is sort of this big thing that we make mean so much. So I love that you had that language change. And I really encourage you guys to look and see what language shifts you can make or what that you need to make to make it feel more in alignment for you. And I think Sitting down with your brand values is one of those things that's so easy to skip. It's so easy to be like, you know what? (laughs) I just need to be in the work. (laughs) And you're like, no, no. That's how you end up building a business you hate, which by the way, I've done and it sucks. It's awful. So thank you for sharing that. The other thing I want to, I want to talk about sort of as we start to wrap up is some of the unexpected stuff. Like we talked about one-on-one, much higher end, a big, big gap. (laughs) much more higher end clients closed that had kind of been in limbo. What were some of the other things that you didn't expect to get that you kind of got out of it outside of, you know, selling the thing in yeah. days, which is bananas. Yeah, I was very lucky. Well, I got a lot more confidence showing up online. And the reality that one of the things I think I struggled with is I, and I'm sure lots of people do, but you think you're the only one when you're in it, is I kept feeling like, oh my God, I'm just saying the same thing over and over. Like the people that are following me that are not my clients, which I have a pretty clear business page. Like I don't use, and I don't use social media for my personal life. I have a, it's just, if you're watching it, if you're watching my social media, it's my business. That's just a choice that I've made personally. And so, you know, I worried about alienated people that were maybe following me, but weren't my client, which, okay, then don't follow me. But I worried about that. I worried about, I think, you know, one of the things holding me back was feeling like I was saying the same thing over and over and people would get bored. But again, only over and over to me. 
it's not over and over to them. The internet is a very saturated place with a lot of voices. And the only way that you can stand out and build a brand is to repeat yourself. It's the same thing I tell a client about getting dressed. You want people to be able to recognize signature style. You have to repeat things. You can't have one good outfit day and think that everyone's like, oh, that's her style. Nobody has the mental space to connect those two things, right? They need Nobody to- is paying as close attention to you as you are. That's and what I always actually say. Freedom. There's so much freedom in knowing that it's going to take a lot of work, I think, for someone to pay attention to you. I love that. That was the thing that made me feel like, watch me get on Instagram all the time because the reality is nobody really gives a shit. Like nobody cares. And so, no. and that's great because when they start to care, they actually care. Like it matters. So- it's kind of like you can't, you know, screw up your style with one bad outfit. You can't screw up your whole business with one bad Instagram story or one bad post or one post. It's usually not bad. It's usually just nobody cares. It's not even bad. It's just ignored. Well, and, and it's funny because it's so interesting. We hear so many people who are like, you know, am I out of integrity? Or like, like I hear it a lot with like, am I a bad mom? Like, if you're worried about being a bad mom, you're probably not a bad mom. Like, if you're worried that you're bothering someone, you're probably not. Because the person who is bothering someone is completely oblivious to the idea that they could be a bother, right? Like, there's just, because you're concerned about it, there's no way you're going to get there. (laughs) Right. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. I love that. The people who do burn down brands in one Instagram story, because we have seen it happen, Totally, totally. <laughs> Are people who did not think that they could burn down their brand in right. one Instagram story. That and is so a good point. I think that being really like aware of the fact that you're <laughs> going to be okay, like you're not going to screw it all up and giving yourself a little grace and a little space to play because I think you're exactly right. When they do start to notice you, they've already bought into the point where you're not really going to bother them because now exactly. they're invested. And yeah, those people- I, no, it was just funny that all of a sudden I do something called Sunday style sessions, which I'm taking a little break for from the holidays to which revamp. are my favorite. Yeah, people really I'm like. I'm gonna make sure you talked about them today because I love them. I know. I even when you talk about snow boot outfits that I'm like, I don't understand this at all. I still watch the whole thing. Well, I'm trying to change Sunday style sessions flavor from. So I like to give my audience two ways to consume content: reading and listening, because I need both things. And I want people to be able to interact with my brand and get something immediately, even if they never buy anything from me. That is my goal every day if I show up online or I don't show up online. That's how it works for me. That's the only way. And so for me, I was like writing like these slides and I, I like doing them, but they're really, really time consuming. So I started to change it to a video post of like a topic and then captioning it so people could also read it. And and somewhere in between is where it will land for 2020. I'm trying to figure that out now. But what was interesting to me was I was putting in so much effort to these Sunday style sessions. It was like taking me longer than it was to write a blog. And finally, I stopped posting them because I went away a couple months ago and people were like, where are they? And I was like, (laughs) oh, it never would have occurred to me. Like I didn't think anybody was paying attention. I mean, I saw people watching them, but I didn't think they cared. And so it's because I did it for a full year. It's only now that I'm taking a little tiny break, but I think it was like 10 months straight of them. And they converted to clients and I didn't realize they were converting people to clients. You don't know always. People aren't saying always, oh, it wasn't until a client I wrapped up with was said, you know, I'm so glad you did Sunday style sessions. That's the thing. 
that made me decide to hire you. I was like, and that's how you sold 13 (laughs) seats into a style course in eight days. It wasn't because your content during that launch was so special and great, although it was. No, you're right. You had, you had put in the time. And I didn't want to a lot of days. And this is something that you touched on earlier is, you know, I'm a stylist and you, you know, help people with their marketing and their social media. And people can think like, oh, that's so sexy. That's so exciting. At the end of the day, it is still a job. And I had to do it even when I didn't want to. And all of the days of that Sunday style session agony of like, I can't find the right image and I just lost the slide and I'm really crappy with graphic design. Like all of that culminated in me selling this course, I wouldn't have known that. I couldn't have known exactly. I didn't even know the course was coming at the beginning of 2019. So it's just, I want to encourage people that are doing things and they feel like they don't know why and they don't want to keep showing up. You never know how that's going to pay off later. Your job is to just show up. And you didn't test it for 30 days, decide it didn't work and stop. No, because it takes time. But the reason I didn't, because I've done that before with other things, so newsletters and stuff, is because it was a brand value. For me, this is obviously the thing I needed to discover about myself to be consistent in marketing. And so if there's somebody else out there struggling, I'm saying this because maybe that's you. Maybe if it doesn't connect to something higher, you struggle to show up. That was what my block was. And so you know, you could give me the strategy or you and I could sit down, but if it wasn't connected to something bigger values-wise for me, it was never going to happen. Totally. And I think being really clear on why you show up always makes it easier. We talk about this a lot when we talk about launching a podcast, which you're launching your podcast, or you just launched your podcast. It launched in January. So you guys, well, there's a link to that in the show notes. Go listen. Like so often people are like, well, I'm going to have a podcast. And I'm like, why are you going to have a podcast? Because a podcast is a lot of work. And it's expensive. (laughs) There isn't a financial investment. And guess what? It takes time. It is not all about eight weeks where you can be in new and noteworthy, which guess what? Lots of successful podcasts were never in new and noteworthy. Like that's not like me. Also lots of really terrible podcast made it into new and noteworthy at one point in time or another. And so like, it's not just about that. It's about the long game. And so I love that you shared that, but it does, it has to be connected and it's easier to stay in it for the long game when you know why you do it. As we wrap up, what sort of, are you going to take into 2020 from a marketing perspective because of this launch? Is it consistency? Is it staying in that education place? Like, How has this informed how you'll be marketing as you move into really building out separate revenue things, which is, by the way, really important. (laughs) You're talking about not putting all your eggs in a launch basket. Like, It's good to have your eggs equally distributed revenue-wise so that you're not like, oh, if this burns to the ground, I'm screwed. (laughs) Absolutely. I think for me, continuing to focus on education as like the core of everything I do one, two, the podcast is a piece of that. But for me, it was podcast takes effort for sure. But I, I really needed to change how I put effort into my marketing. So I was fine with doing it. Writing a blog and newsletters and everything can be very time consuming for me. And I am not willing to give up my own voice. I'm not willing to put to outsource that. So I had to figure out what it feels in integrity to me, but also frees me up a little bit more as my business grows. So for me, a podcast does that because I'm fine with outsourcing 
editing or show notes or whatever, because it's ultimately my voice, which I feel like with writing is a little different. And so in order to do that and we're just to make the podcast worthwhile, I know that I have to show up on social media, whether I want to or not. And by taking away some of the energy it took me to, to create the content, I have the energy for social media. So it's shifting energy for me is what I learned from this. And because like you said, I had showed up in Sunday style sessions every week for 10 months, it was easier to sell the course, right? That was a great lesson is that in the days when I don't want to show up or it feels heavy or hard, I have to remind myself that it's not just for today. It's for the long, it's like going to the gym. It's for the long run, right? So that's what I'm taking with me into 2020. And, you know, obviously opening up new marketing streams like a podcast. I really want to take up my newsletter consistency. It's something I've really struggled with. I don't the podcast will help because you'll have something to email them of value. Exactly. So the podcast became the linchpin piece of if I create this piece of content, I open up the other channels of marketing in an easier way. That's why I was able to get behind the podcast after a while. I'm very excited about you launching a podcast and not just because I love podcasts, although I do, but I think it's going to be a really cool, as somebody who has sat down and talked to you, there is something really cool about just talking to you. And I feel like podcasts can capture that in a way that a blog post cannot. Thank you for saying that. I hope, I hope other people feel that way. We'll see how it goes. They will. For I'm sure. I'm really excited about it. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Tell everybody where they can find you and the podcast. It's all at NicoleAchi.com. Yeah, it is. The podcast is self-styled. So you can find that iTunes, anywhere you consume your podcast. I'm Nicole Achi, all one word on Instagram. And my website is NicoleAchi.com. And we'll have all of that in the show notes because I really like Nicole a lot. And so we're going to make sure we link to her. Thank you, Stacey. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show. I love, love, love these episodes. The thing I love more, though, is getting to talk to people one-on-one directly. So if you're looking for some support, you're listening to this episode and you're going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what our next steps are. Let's have a conversation. Let's figure out what your next steps are. Inside of Uncommonly More, we do everything from training to coaching to consulting to, yes, even done for you services. So head on over to uncommonlymore.com, send a little contact form over and our team will get back at you and we will find a time to figure out what the next best step is for you. Also, if you love this episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. I am on a mission to make this whole marketing thing a lot less sleazy for one, but also a lot less overwhelming and crazy. So I do that really with your help. So if there's somebody in your life who is maybe feeling frustrated or who this episode could have been helpful for, send them the episode and tell them to take a listen. They'll listen to you probably before they'll listen to me. Also, ratings and reviews, of course, over on Apple Podcasts are a huge help. So if you haven't before, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Only really if you like the show. Otherwise, just stop. You really shouldn't still be listening, right? All right, that's it for today. Once again, the Stacey Harris signing off. I will talk to you next week.